and welcome back to another episode of On the Outskirts with me, Sophia Rosemary, and Alice Catherine. First of all, we just wanted to apologise for the extra week uh, that you waited for the last episode. Yes. Glastonbury threw a little curveball our way, I think, didn't it? It's been a very busy month. Yeah, it was kind of like a non-existent weekend, and I think we just completely blanked it out of our calendars and out of the podcast calendar, which was whoops. There's something about Glastonbury, but it's probably the only place in the world that I actually switch off because I'm forced to. <laughs> completely. It's like... It's like going to another country, being on holiday, and being completely removed and detached from reality and the rest of the world. Yeah, no signal as well, which I is know. just... Oh, such bad signal this year. Really bad. I wonder why that was. I have no idea, and I know it's a bit of a first world problem, but it's so inconvenient. Well, you realise how much you rely on your phones just in terms of, like, having to say to someone, stay here yeah. and be here when I get back. Yeah. <laughs> And then as well, I think with Glastonbury, communication is key. So like, you were at Glastonbury. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of uh, my best mates was at Glastonbury. Didn't see anyone. No. And then I feel awful for it, but it was just, just too hard. Well, I think in the last episode, we uh, might have been complaining about the fact that it was going to be rainy and how wrong <laughs> were we? so wrong so naive how foolish <laughs> it was an absolute scorcher wasn't it i don't want to complain about it i don't want to be that guy but i'm going to if you know <laughs> it was my my god on the saturday i didn't leave our camping area until about five o'clock because i just thought i don't think i've got the the mental and physical capacity to put up with that heat. No, it was... I mean, I think it was pr- pretty much 30 degrees every single day, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, Um Even on the first day when you kind of set up camp and stuff. It was... Yeah, it's like one of those things you don't want to complain, but it was just too hot to function. I think when you throw camping yeah. into the mix and it's that hot... I'm actually going to... Controversial opinion, maybe, but I think I would have preferred a bit of rain to complete scorching weather. Just because... I don't know if this happened with you, but when I got home and had like a proper thorough shower, I was there like on the journey back, like, hoo-hoo, got a bit of a tan on me. And then I went and had a shower and it was just dust. Dirt. Yeah. Dirt. So much dust, yeah. Honestly. So, yeah, I kept thinking that I'd got a tan and then I'd baby wipe myself and it would just be a grey. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I feel like Glastonbury also seems like a lifetime ago now. Did you have a good one though? What were your highlights? did have a good one and can't complain about the weather too much because it does make things slightly more convenient and mm. um, didn't do as much exploring as I normally do I normally like all of the healing field areas and the circus areas and because it was so hot you couldn't really walk around um love Tame Impala I feel like that's a really obvious choice to yeah. mention they were really good though that was they my first time incredible. seeing them so it was very really good was it yeah, no first way time I've seen them, yeah. yeah they were really really strong in it because I did actually think I was like I don't know if they're there for headlo- like a headliner slot of the other stage but it pulled it off so well and everyone I feel like the crowd there was like a really nice vibe I kind of think though with them because they sound so much the same when they're live, yeah. as they do when you're listening to them on any other medium. Oh, they really do. 
the and you can't really see them because of all the smoke and the lasers. I just kind of think they're one of those bands where they could well just put like a CD on and put some smoke machine on, and they <laughs> yeah. could just be sat at the back like having some beers, like, like what DJs do. Yeah, just they thought, just like, tend to dance yeah, along. They were almost too good, you know, where you just like yeah, I they can't were. tell if this is live or not because it's so crystal clear and perfect. Completely, I was like over impressed with the lasers they had yeah, when they came. Didn't they come out when Elephant came on? Yeah, honestly, yeah. everything was in. I, I mean, easily pleased. Yeah, no, they were they were really really good. I, um, what I loved um, Kylie and Miley as well. They were like, oh, did you watch Kylie. them? Kylie, love Kylie. I loved when Nick Cave came out as well. I thought that was really sweet. Um, also, were you kind of? I know loads of Kylie songs, but I was actually surprised that I knew every song. Every song, yeah. She has got some yeah, a real bangers, catalog, yeah, yeah, yeah. catalogue of hits. Yeah. Um, so who else did you highlight? Um, I really loved Miley Cyrus as well, actually. I just think her voice is like, you just can't fault her yeah, voice. Yeah, she's really strong, isn't really, she? Really, really good, yeah. Secretly really enjoyed when Old Town Road came on as well. I think I, <laughs> I think I, I literally watched the beginning of it and then I, and, and then, then I left. Because yeah. Yeah. I was quite right in the middle, kind of centre stage, but at the back. And when you kind of feel everybody coming in from the outskirts. Yeah. Um, like I'm trapped in here I'm now. trapped yeah and I just thought god the you do start to get a bit of anxiety to what 15 minutes before the end don't you where I gotta like, get out of here gonna be stuck <laughs> yeah um, who else did I see Kurt Vile was really good I watched Mac DeMarco he was really good I missed um, Mac DeMarco because I was having my hair washed he was really funny bougie <laughs> um, who else did I watch I feel like it was a bit of a weird it was one of those festivals where I kind of just got my ticket and didn't really think about the lineup, and then when I was there, yeah. I was like, "Oh, there's not actually that much here." Yeah. For me, I don't know, which sounds a bit like. <laughs> Do you know Albert Hammond Jr. played the acoustic stage on the Sunday? I completely yeah, I missed heard about that. that. Yeah. And I would have. I think I watched Vampire Weekend. Were amazing. Well? Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, actually, Albert. was it him? Because I remember seeing Sam. Oh my god! And then he was like, "You know, that's his dad, right?" And oh, I was like, oh, forget it then. I think so. Don't quote Did me you on watch that, Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, I watched a bit of him, but then I rushed over to see David Attenborough before the end. Uh, we did exactly the same. Um, bless him, and it was just a plug to his show. I thought he was going to do a big political statement. But People were getting dead emotional about it. Yeah. I'm like, it's it's just a trailer. Just the... a trailer, yeah. I mean, he's but I guess his, his art speaks for itself, doesn't it? Like, yeah. pro- he doesn't need to stand there and say, like, save the planet. Like, all of his work kind yeah. of gives that message. So, Completely. But yeah, it was so cute to see him on stage. I just, oh. Does does tr- I know it does I make me a bit emotional because I was just I don't know when I see him I think of my granddad and then I just I don't know. Oh no, no, I feel bad. Why, yeah. What were you going to say? I was, like, <laughs> I was like, everyone was just crying. <laughs> no, it is obviously it was really lovely and it is that sweet. Um, First um, plastic free Glastonbury as well wasn't it? And it worked. So uh, I don't know if you had this, but when I got back, um, lots of people who weren't at Glastonbury were saying it was like all over the news that they'd been mm. cutting off water and it was like. Not the case at all. So they'd cut yeah. off the communal showers to make yeah, yeah to make sure people had drinking water. Yeah, um, yeah it works, and they've shown I mean, it can be done. I did think I think there's going to be a lot of things they need to change in terms of because the last two years have been so hot. Yeah, the water refill queues were just insane. Yeah, and you'd get to the point where you feel like you were going to almost pass out. There was no amount of water you could collect was enough, it felt like. <laughs> I kept just buying those cans yeah. of water, you know, the recyclable cans yeah. of water, and I'd have six of them in my backpack at all times. <laughs> yeah, and they just went within 15 minutes. And no, just... it was like a different, another level. I think it felt hotter as well because of all the food vans and the stages and uh-huh. all the electrical yeah. stuff in one place just creates this hub of just... All the people. Steam. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like 
flat heat, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't even know if that's like a thing, but it, that's how it felt, it flat. There was just no relief, yeah. <laughs> but all in all, a good one. So um, we moaned about it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically what's happened. No, it's very good, and if you've never been to Glastonbury, I, th- I actually think everyone should go to Glastonbury once. Yeah. I hate to be, again, that guy. Yeah. It's hard work, but it's definitely, it's definitely worth it's it. It's just not what you think, is it? So when it's all up, it's the same size as Bath. Or bath, bath, yeah. Depending on crazy where in the country it is run. huge. And yeah. one thing I seem to forget is how much walking you do, and I just can't seem to get the footwear right, no matter what I take. I know, because you were saying you had sore feet when you. I were think there. I just have the type of feet that swell up when it's hot. So no matter what shoes I wear, they just always rub. Why don't you get yourself some of those water? <laughs> I'm going to get retention socks. Yeah, I'm going to have to get some specially custom-made ones, you wouldn't could, I? You could work, though. Like some sort of Crocs or something. <laughs> no. Everyone was walking They're around really... in sandals this year, and I just thought, how? How Me? are you walking around in sandals? Me, I was doing I that. I can't do that. I checked my steps each day, and we were averaging on about 30,000 a day. Yeah, it's a lot of steps. I just thought, it's a good workout. Do you know what, though? I, you say that, but I wore sandals the whole time, and I think, actually, it, I went the other way, because then on one of the days I tried to wear boots... Mm. My feet weren't getting in them full of mo- no money. And then I tried my con my converse that I've had for years and that can pretty much walk on their own without disgusting. And yeah, again, really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I was trapped with sandals. Maybe that's the way that you have to have like your feet on show. You have to have them they have to have a bit of air to them. Yeah. And then they don't get swollen and compressed. Who <laughs> no either basically there's no footwear that works for that heat. No. I just can't spend another forty pounds on compute plasters. Like I was just my feet were so ruined like yeah. destroyed and then it's the aftermath as well you know like when you've got a really uncomfortable pair of shoes it's that feeling of oh great so even for the next week even my most comfortable shoes are gonna hurt yeah that's what bugs me I know. anyway i think we've hit a low point yeah. <laughs> why do we always go this way when i don't know and um, like old women other than glastonbury what else have you been up to um so Oh, God, where do we even start? Well, we've both been ill, haven't we? That's what we should say. Yeah, I was actually just... I needed to cough then. So if I do... I'm so sorry if I sound like... (laughs) We can cut that out, don't we? (laughs) Should we try and sound like husky and call, like, Phoebe from Friends? Body tile, is it? (laughs) My sticky, sticky shoe. (laughs) That is you at Glastonbury. (laughs) My my achy, breaky shoes. Um, I feel like so much as... Well, last time we did the podcast, we were saying that loads of new series were coming out, and mm. sure enough, they did. So, what have we got? We've got Stranger Things, Handmaid's Tale, yeah. Big, Big Little, Little Lies, Lies, and there's another one, Killing Eve. Killing Eve, yeah. Wow. I've finished Killing Eve. Me too. I binge-watched Stranger Things also recently. Me too. Loved it. Really love uh, Maya Hawke, who I was watching the whole thing and thinking... God, she really looks like someone. She really looks like someone. And then I remembered it's Uma Thurman's daughter, but didn't also realise that Ethan Hawke was her dad. Yeah, good that, isn't and it? And she is literally the mirror image of Uma she's Thurman gorgeous. in like, the 90s films. Like, she looks just yeah. like her mum. She's absolutely gorgeous. And not only that, she can act. And yeah. she seems like such a nice girl as well when I've watched her in interviews and stuff. Like, quite funny. Have you been on her Instagram? Yeah. Dead cool. Dead cool. Yeah, she seems like the type of girl that you'd want to be friends with. Want to be with. friends with, yeah. So I loved that. And I loved the um, storyline with her and, um, is it Steve? How you think oh, they're going to get together and you're kind of willing it on. And yeah. then they just, it takes you in another less Completely cliche di- of a direction. Yeah. Which I really, I really appreciate that. Although, but can they please find love for Steve? 
I, like, um, that's all I want in life. He's young, he's got time. <laughs> he definitely does, he definitely does. Um, his like character arc though has been like amazing, hasn't it? He's gone yeah. from being like this like Bit of pop, a douche. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of got better and now he's just completely lovable and a yeah. bit a bit of a I mean I don't know if I've just forgotten about the other series a bit but I loved how kind of 80s-tastic this one was in particular like yeah. so many good outfits yeah and, like, references soundtrack yeah references um, it was just a real good binge watch um, don't want to ruin it for any, anyone that's not yeah, watched yeah we won't give end, it yeah really sad as well really sad but they did allude yeah open-ended wasn't it yeah it was um a friend of mine actually pointed something out and now I can't unsee it not a single conversation that they had in Stranger Things wasn't an argument and it's not it's a whole thing is like bickering the whole way through that's kind of the charm of Stranger Things they like there's a bit of I hate this word banter but I was like yeah that is actually true every single conversation was just an argument and I found Max a little bit she's she really is negative to her boyfriend, whose name I can't remember. No, I can't remember his name either. But honestly, like, give the guy a break. <laughs> Do you know who... Um, I feel like they're, <laughs> they're trying to really kind of pinpoint that difficult teenage girl phase though where you know when they do that yeah, whole everything. shopping mall spree his, thing where they're like yeah but his firework idea was incredible was yeah. it was a stroke of genius <laughs> Winona Ryder won the show for me though stole the show for me should I say oh she's great she was so she? funny in this series more than any other series I think I really really liked her I like that she got a bit more airtime as well like a bit more yeah in fact their st- I think their story was one of one of my yeah. faves with um Alexa was he called or Alexis the Russian guy. Oh, yeah, he was hilarious. Cute. And the um, guy with the beard who's in Fleabag, but what's he, what's, what was his character called? I loved him as well. That's where I know him yeah. from. Yes, I that's such him. a good shout. Yeah. Um, when they're in the back of the car and they're like, you guys have yeah. not had sex yet, and they're just both laughing. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the, yeah, there's been Stranger Things. I feel like I need to have written down all of these series because there's too many. Oh, Handmaid's Tale, let's let's discuss that a bit because we discussed it before we started recording, didn't we? We've both been watching it. I um, mean, as always... Bleak. Bleak, but fab soundtrack. I think we were saying just before this, we were having a chat about it, weren't we? And saying that there's maybe... We're, we're kind of... It's, it's very bleak to the point where you want a bit of action, you need a bit of hope at this yeah. point, where it's very like... Oh, Up and down. She's just... She's got like a segue in somewhere and then... No, it's not. Or, yeah. You, I don't know, it's just a bit... Yeah, and I'm th- I, I, I get, like, a sense of it losing its way a bit. So mm. I guess when, you know, Serena started changing, it was kind of going to be that thing of, like, women uprising, which is the whole kind of, like, undertone of the mm. book, isn't it? That, or the series, even. Um, and then we've gone a different direction again. So I'm just a bit like, well, yeah, like you said, like, there's no hope. Like, I don't really understand where we're going with this and what's going to happen. And I don't know if that's the point, if they're just trying to make it so bleak and hopeless and then in the last few episodes there's going to be a big, like, uprising type of thing. Yeah. But, I don't know, I really felt hopeful, you know, when they went in, somebody ran into the church with that bomb and it all kind of blew up and, was it the church where the commander yeah, was talking? Yeah, And I thought, oh, this is going to really set the tone and they're going to start fighting back type of thing, but it is just so bleak to the point where I'm like... Eesh. yeah but um it's I so love it as always it's harrowing as well amazing, isn't it yeah so even if the storyline was crap I'd still watch it Elizabeth Moss is she's just she didn't even need to say anything does no, she it's just, it's just like facial you get expressions. it yeah. yeah you're just like 
It must be so hard angry for her to tap eyes. into that character constantly and, like... I'd just be angry constantly from the moment I woke up. Yeah, it's that kind of like, she does like this twitchy eye thing. Yeah, yeah, she does it so well. Um, uh, so, yeah, so we've got Handmaid's Tale. I feel like we're rushing through these because there's so many. Uh, um, Big Little Lies. Again, really enjoying it, but I, I do feel like after the first series, obviously because Alexander Skarsgård's character yeah. died... I felt like I didn't really know where they were going to go with this series. Like, I don't know how yeah. much action they can bring to it or kind no. of interesting plot holes. He was such an integral part of the yeah, last Yeah, and I do find myself thinking it's just season. a bit kind of... Um, I don't know. Flaky? No, it's just a bit... Wish was she? <laughs> I'm coming up with these really obscure it's not negative... Like, I don't know, I just don't... There's, there's no particular... It's all just very kind of... It is just about their lives, isn't it? And Yeah, it, although I do love the whole... Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman yeah. storyline, her kind of fight, fighting for her kids mm. and how she's kind of have, she's going to have to sort of because she's a bit of a wallflower, wasn't she? Even towards the end of the last one, she mm. she didn't really, even though she left Alexander Starkard, she didn't really, she didn't have that oomph. Mm. And now it's sort of come to this point where she's going to have to have a bit of fight in her. Yeah. I will also say as well that Zoe Kravitz is just Hot. one of the most beautiful women. Yeah. Like, she's one of those women where I watch it and I just... I can't even remember what's happened in the scene because I'm just looking at her face. She's so hot. <laughs> she's so beautiful. Yeah, she is, isn't she? Yeah, I'm just obsessed with her. And a really good actress as well. And she's got a really kind face as well. Such a kind face, yeah. We've done a lot of girl crushing, haven't we? We have, yeah. Which is nice. Um, and then, who can forget Killer Eve? The ultimate girl crush. Yes, I have. Is, are all the episodes out now? Yeah, yeah. No, no, they so all, all came out, out in one what go. What do you think of the ending? Not what I was expecting. No. Kind of found the whole, I'm not going to lie, I thought the whole season was really silly and just really, um, it, it just didn't make any sense. It didn't, um, it was just odd. Phoebe Wallabridge didn't write that last one though, did she? Did she not? I don't, I don't know if I've heard that somewhere, don't quote me on that. I thought Maybe. she did. Or she's not going to write the next, the next one. Okay, are I you heard, are you quick time googling this? Uh, yeah, well, I heard that she'd stepped away from it, but I'm not sure if she. Wrote there that. can't be another one, surely. I mean, I don't want to give it away for anyone, so I won't say anything else. But there can't be a third season, surely. Yeah. I, I thought know. she did write it, and so now I, I mean, I love her writing. 100% but yeah there was something about the storyline in this one which just didn't do it for me and then yeah, there was that well, an article's just come up saying Killing Eve season 2 is as good as ever even without Phoebe Waller-Bridge so maybe she didn't there write you go. which would make yeah that sense. makes sense yeah it does even though I still thought it, it had the same tone to it and it was completely but it, but there it was, was just silly missing, yeah. yeah but then the last episode well the last scene anyway I thought was like kind of inspired like I loved it I thought yeah, yeah that's a great yeah. ending because it's what it's what you would expect to yeah. do. Like you don't expect it to just suddenly turn into this soft, Stop gushy yeah. like. Like that's not how sociopaths work. Like, no, and it was all just a bit like, haven't we missed the point? Weren't we chasing yeah. her down? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the ending was good. Um, um, so aside from all the <clears throat> obvious series that we've just kind of mm-hmm. briefly touched on, um, is there anything that you've been reading or watching or have you been doing that uh, care to share? Um, I watched the act, um, which I haven't heard being raved about much at all. Um, maybe I'm just late to the party, but um, 
it's got Chloe Sevigny in it and um, a young actress. I can't, for the life of me, remember what she's called. Right. Um, but she's amazing. Um, I think Do she's called Maisie something. Um, but the act is based on a true story. So it's like a kind of true crime dramatisation of a mother and daughter. Um, and the mother is claiming all these kind of benefits and things and kind of kind of using her disabled what you think seemingly disabled daughter to her advantage and in the end she actually ends up murdering her mother and right. it's this happened in real life too um is it it's english kind of or is it american american right okay. just making sure because i know chloe savini has she's done english programs before as well hasn't she okay yeah. she's not called Maisie. she's called joey king and what she been she in? plays the disabled daughter and she's been in the kissing booth which was I have seen it. (laughs) Which was a film on Netflix. Um, One of those more light-hearted watchers. (laughs) Oh, I do know her face, yeah. Sorry, you guys can't see her face. Just Google her. But yeah, she is sensational in it. Like, she's incredible. Oh, amazing. The way she plays the daughter is just so good. And it's really one of those watches where as much as what she does in the end is wrong, you really do sympathise with her situation because she's essentially just trapped by her mother and brainwashed to think that she can't eat certain things when she her mother brainwashes her to think that she's allergic to sugar so she never drinks coke or pop or anything and there's a few times where she just yeah. tries to do it and her mum whisks her away and acts like they need to go to A&E and stuff and she's not allergic to sugar all these bizarre things that went on and it's not it's not that her mum's got that syndrome where you try and make someone ill to take care of them it's just that she's well, it's funny you say that because she does. Her mum gets ill in the end, and called. she wants her around to keep. But then it, there's flashbacks to the way she was treated by her own mother as well, and her own mother was very possessive when she had the right. kid and would always make her feel like she was doing stuff wrong. Is it based on a book or anything, or is it just? There might own? have been a book written about it. Yeah. Um, it sounds very interesting. It sounds right up my street as well. I can't remember what the um, the real life case was, but it's based on a real. Um, so did they write? Did. Dee Dee Blanchard, yeah, that's what she was called, and her daughter Gypsy. So it must have been in the news or something, I presume. It would have been, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, I mean, there's probably some real documentaries out there yeah. as well about um, the mother and daughter, but yeah, I just thought it was really, really good and dark, but really well, like, really well acted and just the writing was good and yeah, definitely recommend that if you... Amazing. Again, none of my recommendations tend to be very happy or... <laughs> yeah, they are always yeah, a bit more... always a bit grim. Yeah, they are, but good but, recommendations. Yeah. So yeah, I loved that. Um, what else have I been up to? I went on a press trip with Chanel Beauty, which sounds like such a dickhead thing to say out loud. That's amazing. But I was so happy, so happy and so excited to be asked to go on it. Um, and it was just, honestly such an amazing trip I just it was the first um how long did you go for was it two days or it was two nights yeah right um so yeah it it was just such a nice time um and what was I gonna say yeah I thought it would it was quite a prevalent thing to talk about in this episode because it was the first thing that I've done that was kind of on my own I, I mean I don't know if I've been vocal about it on my channels and stuff before in the past but I do find especially kind of blogger and influence events quite intimidating and yeah. I think I've always kind of just tagged along if there's someone there that I know it's like a safety blanket yeah. though isn't it just trying to go with someone you know I think 100% that's... so I felt quite proud of myself for going and not kind of chickening out and 
because um, it's an intimidating atmosphere as well when you're with people that write for bloody Vogue and Chanel yeah. Beauty and all those things. And when it's you've not organised a single thing yourself yeah. and you really don't know what to expect. Yeah, it is. It's very, it's, it can be very anxious-inducing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, I've always had a sense of imposter syndrome to an extent and I think there is something so bizarre about, especially with bloggers, I think, because most of your life is not glamorous. So, I mean, for me anyway, like, it's just normal mundane things, working yeah. on my laptop. So then when you kind of shift into that what's seemingly another world a little bit, it is very hard to adjust. It's and possibly the world that if you don't work in the industry we work in, you probably think it's like all the time, like, yeah. very glamorous. And, and it's not, no. Yeah, and it's, it's not like that. So, yeah, I get that. I felt glamorous the whole time. It was very, very good. Very chic, <laughs> darling. Um and how long were you there for? Sorry. Two nights, two nights, yeah. But um, I feel like nice I keep time, talking to you about the canopies on this boat. But they oh, were, go on. <laughs> they Fill, were sensational. I thought, you know, if there's not going to be much food, maybe just drinks. There was so much good food. Sensational. Excellent. <laughs> I was in my element. Every time I turned around, there was another French man behind me with a tray of, like, That's something on a cocktail You want to keep them rolling, yeah, don't keep you? keep them rolling. Keep them coming my way. So, yeah giving me lots of ideas there's nothing worse than when you refuse a canapé mm. and then you realize later on in the evening that there's no there's no food oh and you God, think yeah. oh, i wish i'd just taken yeah. that or if you do what i did and accept it. every canapé and then there is more food that's yeah <laughs> so by that point you just feel like a beach whale just aboard. about getting your canapé balance right yeah. basically it's difficult it's not this easy to do such a first world problem isn't such it i love how we keep using canapés as well i know it sound like such Canapes. <laughs> yeah, like Canapes so in pretentious. <laughs> Nibbles. Um, anyway, moving on from that. <laughs> is there anything exciting that you've been up to or anything to report? Anything um, new? Nothing necessarily like super exciting. Uh, I've been started a book called Reasons to Be Cheerful by Nina Stib. I think her second name is mm-hmm. it's S T I B B E. So I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, really, really funny book. Um, really enjoying it. Um, it's basically from the eyes of a character called Lizzie in the 80s. And it's just, you can completely see it becoming a comedy. It's just all about her life and her family and her friends. Um, it's taken me a while to read it, though. But I don't want that to be seem like a, a bad thing against the book. It's just, you know, when you're... I'm in one of those reading ruts at the minute. Like, sometimes I feel like I can read, like, two two books a week. And at the minute, I'm a bit kind of, like, having to really force myself to read it but when I am I'm loving it reading's one of those things though isn't it like the more you practice it the better you get at it I think you either watch films or, or you know watch a series or you've got time to read yeah. and I think because like we've just said there's been so much on tv it's taken a little bit of a back yeah. seat for me at the minute it's just easy isn't it to, to to press a button and put something on in the background whereas to pick up a book it requires your full concentration yeah. and then you need to get into a rhythm and sometimes I'll read a chapter and I've taken nothing in at all. Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely an art to it. Yes, because um, I haven't actually finished um, Reasons to be Cheerful yet, but I thought I'd mention it because I actually think it is quite a nice summer read because it's mm. very comical. Um, and let's just hope by the next time we record I've actually finished it, <laughs> even though I know that doesn't sell it. but um, Some books are just a little bit more testing, though, aren't they? Like The yeah. structure of them is a bit more... Well, the last book I read as well was a book called um, The The Dreamers by Karen Thompson-Walker. Is that the film? What the film's based on now? No, it's no. not. But I thought I recognised the title. I think mm. that title's been used a few times. Yeah. I think it's the, yeah, The Dreamers. I would highly recommend it. It's a very, it's a very tense book. 
really leaves you on the edge of your seat. Um, she's really good at setting a scene. What's and it about, that one? It's basically about the small town in California. Mm. Um, and I think I've heard of this, actually. Um, yeah, there's like a, a mysterious illness that makes people fall asleep. So the whole ta- town is yes. dropping like flies from this illness. And no one knows what's going on in these people's... That they can tell they're dreaming from their brain activity, but no one knows what they're dreaming of right. or what's made them fall asleep. And it's so weird because not, not a lot particularly happens in the book. It's just very atmospheric. So I think because I've gone from that, which was, you know, quite a compelling read, to something lighthearted, yeah. I'm just finding the shift a little bit. Yeah. A bit strange. Yeah, that's true, actually. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Um, and then... Like, your last read can affect your next read. Yeah, yeah. you need to kind of do it smoothly, don't yeah. you? maybe you need to, like, get all your books that are on your reading list and line them up, kind of. Yeah, and see which yeah. way you go. Yeah, because yeah. I think you do do that. Like, I've done that before where I read a particular bit, book and then you're still cropping. Craving something that's yeah. like, of a similar kind of, That yeah. genre. Yeah. Um, I also watched an amazing documentary yesterday um, called uh, Feminist, What Were They Thinking? Have you watched it because you'll love it? No, when was this on? So I think it's new to Netflix, because I've never seen it before, and a friend recommended it to Mm me. Funnily enough, she recommended it to me off the back of our last podcast on women's health. Um, And it's basically about the feminist movement in the 70s and where that... Because that was kind of the beginning of it. And it takes all these women who were, like, quite poignant in that, you know, the creation of the feminist movement... Mm. And it interviews them now, um, well, in 2017, it said. Um, and it basically, um, they talk about their lives and to, you know, be, sort of being brought up in the 50s and 60s. And at what point did they realise, actually, what was kind of like the changing point? Why, why did the movement of feminists need to happen? Yeah. And it's really interesting. Um, and I would wholeheartedly recommend it. Ooh, I'll put that on my watch list for this week and then because I yeah, need something beautiful. to, to watch. Yeah, it's beautiful. A really inspiring watch. It, really sad, though, because one of the things they touch upon is um, how they were fighting for women's choices and, you know, uh, pro-choice mm. um, and abortions in the 70s. And because this documentary was made in um, 2017, they were talking about how powerful it is that women have the choice to be able to have abortions. Mm. And it really made me cry because, obviously, fast forward two years later, and you've got abortion bans again, and we're protesting for the same things the that same they were... Things, pro- yeah. So I, I think it was a really powerful watch. It does feel a little bit, at the minute, with kind of the political landscape and stuff like we are a little bit stuck in time like we've gone back in time a little bit and we're just really stagnant with it all like yeah just in terms of like who's in power and the opinions that are blowing up online and it's just yeah it is it is such a a strange time to live in I think oh a hundred percent I think we'll look back on on this period in time um and just want to know where are we going wrong I don't even know where you'd begin it's just I think um, I was. Someone was saying on the radio the other day, especially about like British politics, that we're going through like a political midlife crisis. Oh yeah, exactly. And it yeah. does feel like that. Like no that one sense of just being stuck in time. Where we're yeah, being... but all these really extreme opinions being yeah. thrown at you. It's it's yeah, it's kind of a bit daunting. Every isn't it? every time I see something new from Trump, I'm just in absolute disbelief that this horrible racist person is just. Mm dictating the future of so people many people agree with him yeah, and people agreeing with him that's the scariest part it's i just, think yeah and yeah. The, i think the most recent events that have happened um with the trump saga shall we call it are 
truly astounding mm. with the telling the female congressmen to go back from where they've come from. Yeah, and my God, were, I can't even were, say it. People were chanting yeah. it as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just, I mean, dis- disbelief, isn't it? Yeah, really? yeah. But we won't get too much into politics no, because I don't po- feel like <laughs> I actually know enough about it to to talk about it yeah. in great in great lens. But we do know that we hate Trump, so... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, moving into this week's topic, yes. um, we've decided to discuss, I guess, with the social season, I'm calling summer the social season. Yeah, <laughs> I'm coining feel it like that, the though. social season. Obviously, Christmas is a very social season as well, but it definitely feels like one of those times of year where... You feel as though you're invited to more things. There's more pressure to be outside and to be around... Make plans. Yeah, be around friends and family. 100%. So we just wanted to talk a bit about the social pressure and social anxiety surrounding that and our experiences with it. Yeah, and just navigating your way through... Through social situations when it doesn't come easy to you, I think is the is the general gist of this podcast. Because I think we both struggle with social situations on different ends of the spectrum, and yeah. I don't think we're the only ones who do. The press trip I just discussed would be a perfect example of it. One of those situations where it's for my job, and it's it was obviously for such an amazing brand, and there's a huge part of me that's excited and that wants to go, but then there's also this part of me that the night before is like. Pulling you back. Yeah, what yeah. have I done? I'm scared. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to mess up or, you know, ruin my career. Like, there's just always this yeah. part of me that's a bit like, well, it is. It's, it's social anxiety. Um, and it's something that I've suffered with for on and off for a long time, I think. But it's definitely got better um, as I've sort of come into this job. Just yeah. because I think you are pushed into situations where you have to meet different people all the time and you definitely learn to get better at dealing yeah. with it, I think. and you wouldn't necessarily be comfortable in, but you feel like you almost have a duty to do it because it's your job and, you know, you've... N- and not just for that reason, because you know you would enjoy it if you were in it, yeah. but, yeah, it's just the taking the It's the fear lead. element, isn't it, that yeah. always holds people back, I think. Anyway, should we start at the beginning? Um, yeah, just to give people yeah. a sense of us because yeah people listening to this will never have socialized with us yeah unless they've listened to the other episodes yeah thank you (laughs) yeah so would you say you're a social person slash what would you say your personality type is like in general it's so hard to reflect on yourself isn't it It um I well I think I've actually touched upon this in one of our other episodes Mm -hmm. um I'm a very friendly polite person um and you know I wouldn't say that I'm lacking in confidence or I'm necessarily shy but I'm most certainly an introverted person Mm. I really um feel more comfortable in my own space and with my own in my own like safety bubble Mm -hmm. so I I always joke that there's like certain people who are in the nook who I'm like I can know that I feel sort of safe around and I can talk I talk to um but I have to I definitely have to push myself to be social outside of that nook, shall we say, because for some reason, I, I don't know why, I would always just choose to be in my own company. Mm. Then, be, For example, if I was on a train and I saw someone I sort of knew on the, on the train with me, I'm that guy that goes out their way, I know this is awful to say, to get off that coach and go into a different carriage. Yeah. Like, that's just... And I, I don't... It's not that I'm being rude or I don't like the person, it's just... I'd rather be in my own own world. Well, it's that awful thing where you see someone in a supermarket aisle and then you kind of say your highs and byes and then you see them in the next aisle and it's just this ongoing thing until you're both at the till, like, 
meeting up for coffee in a week's time and yeah you know you're you not know gonna do you it you won't do yeah. it yeah that's the thing and I think that's another thing it's the social it's you know the social airs and graces that I'd yeah. just rather it's the small miss talk out. isn't it yeah. yeah I think once you get to a certain age you just would rather be around your people I guess yeah that's not to say that you don't want to make friends and stuff but no. like you say there is certain people where it's more just like an acquaintance or it's don't... yeah there's certain people you feel it comes naturally to you yeah. and you feel comfortable around and I'm not saying that you know an acquaintance I don't feel comfortable around yeah. them but it, it's yeah it's 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 just different isn't it and I can't I can't put my finger on why but it is mm. but I was saying to um Joe the other day uh my boyfriend he invited me to something and I just flat out said no like I didn't even I didn't even give like an excuse like I can't I was just like no No, and we were laughing because I do think you hit an age where you learn that actually no is okay to just say Say, like you don't have to give a load of spiel yeah I don't know but I find that I probably say no more than I should because of well, I think it's a British thing as well because I was was speaking to um a Danish Australian girl that I met on um, this Chanel trip and she was saying um, in like Copenhagen and Danish countries like their their interactions with each other are so much different and they don't have all the kind of in what of, way? I can't remember what she was saying but um, I'm this sure is really it, fascinating I know now. I'm sure it was something to do with um, I don't know if it was something to do with they don't apologise as much or oh we do apologise a lot I can't remember what it was I'm Maybe terrible I'll for Google that Google it whilst we're Someone can bump into me and I'll say sorry. And then when they go, it's all right, I get secretly annoyed about it because I'm like, it was your fault. But then I'm the one who's apologised. So what can you expect? Yeah, I'm guilty of that as well. <laughs> we do do it. Yeah, and it's do. ridiculous. We do, more than more so than like anywhere else, I think. I think maybe is it like Canada that have a reputation for saying sorry as Sorry well? a lot, <laughs> yeah, as well. Um, so how would, how would you describe... Um, your personality or at least your social personality I'm definitely not an extrovert um but I I think I can be similar to you very a very social being around the people that I'm comfortable with I feel like most myself when I'm around people I'm comfortable with and yeah I just I'm very much if if I've had a really busy social week I need time to recharge or I don't feel myself I feel off balanced yeah and that's normally just time to to read or write or just watch something by myself for an hour sometimes I think I just need that I'm very much a person who needs my own headspace yeah whereas I've met I've got a lot of friends that constantly love to be around need people company. all the time yeah. yeah but I know it's a strange thing because I think there's a lot of power to be had by being comfortable by yourself but then there's also that fine line of when does it become Too antisocial much. and yeah. something that's borderline do you do this as well I've got this really bad habit where I'll, I'm really happy to be to stay in on a night out and have my own time and like you said you take that time to read or write or or you know just do the things that you love to do on your own but if it'll reach a certain point where I suddenly turn around and I go oh I feel like I'm being forgotten or I feel like I've been left behind or like I'm missing out on something but actually I'm, I'm my own worst enemy because yeah. I'm the one who's wanted to kind of be on my own yeah so it's like a, a balance that you can't quite get right yeah, and there's some things that, some things I get invited to, and I feel like I should go, but then afterwards I'm kind of glad that I didn't, because it wasn't really kind of productive for me to go, and it was more just yeah. that pressure of, you know, saving face and being there and showing your face, or whatever. And um, 
And then you're like, I've wasted, no, I've wasted my time. Yeah. But you're a bit like, I should have just stuck with and my guns. And then there's other things that I force myself to go to and I do feel like, oh, why did I bother? Or, yeah. But I don't know, I think that's just the nature of any social situation. It's just situation. life, isn't it? It's just it? life, yeah. You don't know what's worth showing up for until you go, do you? So I think it's just about kind of cherry picking things in a way if you're looking in a position where you're lucky enough to do that. Do you think, are there any particular type of social situations which make you feel you most self-aware or make you feel most uncomfortable big big kind of work events and things like that intimidate me massively especially where i know that i'm meeting a lot of people that i've maybe know from the internet but i've not met in real life yeah. they intimidate me massively just because i think when you have a sort of like public platform or a persona or whatever you feel like people have certain expectations of what you're like maybe yeah and you constantly feel like you don't like stand up to that match up to yeah. it yeah yeah and you touched on it before and I know I suffer from this really um badly and I've I've written about it before on my blog imposter syndrome oh. whenever I'm at a, like a work event or a press trip or anything like that there's that part of me that's just constantly got that sense of I don't belong do you do this as well where you think everyone else already knows each other yeah and you're the odd one out 100 percent. yeah yeah why do we do that I don't know where have we got that um, sort of perception from that we're, we're a stranger in a room and yet we're the only, we're the odd anomaly do there? Do you think that's a predominantly female thing, imposter syndrome, or do you think a lot of men struggle with that as well? Because no I idea. don't speak to any men that mention that to me, whereas it always seems to be women, the women in my life that feel like they don't yeah, deserve the tickets really to where they've point. worked to get to. Yeah, and I think as well, I mean, don't want to generalise, but I just don't think... I mean, just going off my own experience with, say, like, Joe or, you know, a, a boy that I'm close to, I don't think they think that way. Like, I don't think they over... Joe doesn't over-worry like I over-worry or overthink things. Mm. He'll just kind of go with the flow a bit more. Go with the flow, yeah. I don't know, I guess it's sort of a product of the way that the internet is heading as well. I mean, yeah. with all the cancel culture type stuff, you know. You have to feel like you watch your back a bit more. Yeah. And you have to edit water down yeah and you, you almost feel like you then have to do that at events and things like yeah. you don't want to be your full self straight away just in case it doesn't because I, I mean especially with my platform and instagram and stuff i think people are sometimes a little bit surprised when they meet me that i'm not like serious i'm quite not serious and a bit yeah, silly and which like is bizarre really but I, I guess i don't really put that out though as much as maybe that's the side of myself i kind of keep for real life yeah. and myself which I'd, you know I'd, i don't think it's important to show every side of yourself online it's just yeah it's funny that you say that because I was having a conversation um about this kind of and I hate to go on a bit of a tangent here we'll go back to the social well this is kind of about social situations Mm -hmm. um my sister was talking about you know about how um our jobs are to sort of share our lives and how you know that's kind of admirable that I do that and then I kind of like I mean not to down um downplay myself but I was saying I mean I show my outfits and you know things I like or I've possibly been doing but I I I think the 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 big things like family and you know friends I don't actually share that much on my Instagram yeah so it's funny how we think people are sharing their worlds with us but you're fundamentally we're not really we're showing snippets of it I mean, yeah. I know we're all we're all acutely aware of that, but and I think that's sort of what's become popular recently is this sort of blogger slash you're a kind of reality person yeah. as well because you're showing every moment of your day constantly, or you're vlogging it or whatever, showing the behind the scenes and stuff. And I don't know. To me, I admire people that do it, and I've got such an interest in watching how other people work and kind of curate content and stuff like that because I just find it fascinating. But 
to me, it, when I was doing it, it almost felt like I was having to prove that I was working behind this, behind what I was showing yeah. online. Like, are my blog posts and content not enough? Do you know what I mean? It just, yeah. I just thought I don't want to, I don't want to have to write the blog post and then vlog me writing the blog post and saying the thought process behind it. I don't know. I just felt like I to me it was mean. too much going on, and then I felt like I was sort of not doing anything well. So I'd much rather just stick to the stuff that I know I can do well and just kind of have faith that that's enough. Yeah, it's that typical millennial thing of having to say you're busy all the time. Yeah. And when we do, you don't have to prove that to anyone. Yeah. Do you think that um, we've kind of become lazy with being social because of social media? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, we have, yeah. I've actively had people say to me in real life, like, oh, I'm not going to ask you how you are because I've seen it all online. <gasps> oh, completely. Or they'll go, it's like, really weird that I know this about yeah, you, but... Like, you've seen a fraction. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's scary, because that makes me think that, you know, people are going to become sort of secluded very easily, because people just have a big assumption that people are fine when they're not. And that's so problematic as well. Yeah, Yeah, that's such a good point. I've never thought about that before, because I've had exactly the same. Or they'll say, oh, I know this is weird, but how was x y or z and you're like mm. it's weird it's like we don't know where to we don't know what to do with the information we see on social media yeah um do we think we know someone or do we think do do we think we're only seeing a portion of them and therefore can't really talk to them about it and it is weird it's a strange one i do sort of think that we will look back at this point of history and think it was a bit bizarre how much we all thought we needed to share not in terms of like yeah i mean it not in terms of the things that are so important that create community and break down stigmas and discrimination and all those sort of amazing things that social media has done, but just things like, you know, what we ate for breakfast and what we're doing at the weekend and all these things where we n- think we know these people, but we don't. And yeah. there's no element of sort of privacy anymore. I don't know. That to me kind of, I guess I'm quite traditional in that sense. That I don't want to, I don't like the thought of everybody knowing what I do and exactly where yeah. I live and what what I did on this specific date, um, might be a controversial opinion, but I don't know. It, do, it just no, it's true. It just taking pictures me, of your, your freaks food. me out a little bit. Yeah, but I, bet, I mean, I used to do that, and now I think, who cares if I? Had no, I'm just going to eat these pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> I say pancakes because we know I'm probably having pancakes. Although one thing that I do still always do is take pictures of coffees. I just there's something about a coffee it cup. It's just satisfying. So artistic. <laughs> yeah, it's so chic, darling. Um, do you think when you're you're sort of been to go back onto more of a social situation theme, um, when you are put in a uncomfortable, well, a, a social situation you deem to be uncomfortable, do you think that kind of manifests into making the situation worse? Like, do you think it makes you more uncomfortable, or do you get any negative s- symptoms from being pushed into a social situation? I'd say, in terms of like social anxiety. Cause you, I first used to kind of experience it when I'd go to sleepovers and stuff when I was younger. Yeah. And it would be that point where everyone was sort of settling down to go to bed and I'd think, oh, crap, I'm here for like the next at least 12 hours and there's no way I can get out of this. Yeah. It was that sense of being stuck. And I think that sense of being stuck where, you know, you're tied into a social event for the foreseeable, what seems like future, but it's yeah. just a few hours. That's what triggers my social anxiety. Um, and I know when I get it because I get really flustered I can't string my sentences together properly and I say stupid things that I would never that don't reflect my personality at all like just the way not even like offensive things it's just the way I structure sentences when I'm feeling anxious is not like I would in 
when I'm not feeling anxious, if that makes any kind no, of sense. No, that makes complete sense. I and just you, and then it makes you like, more self-conscious, yeah. doesn't it? Like, why am I being crazy yeah. almost? Like, you feel, you feel like, crazy, like yeah. the wor- that the room's looking at you and thinking, yeah. who's this weirdo? Sorry yeah. to use that word, but that's how you feel in your head. Yeah, I do feel, I, I get paranoid. And, and it's, then you get that horrible feeling in your chest where you just think like, oh, I need to like look for the the quickest exit out of here yeah but I mean it's got so much better I used to just not be able to even get on a train by myself because I'd be so anxious that there wasn't going to be a seat and then I'd have to look people in the eye and be like oh can I sit here or can you move your bag I I hated the idea of not knowing where my seat was and exactly where I could go in my head yeah to get on the train in the time I'd known you I've got to say I think you've got but like Betty, yeah. you would have never do- done that Paris no, trip never. when I first met you. Yeah. No way. I know. Um, so it's you know you have to look at how far you've come yeah, and 100%. how much you can achieve and how you can push yourself. Um, it's just a bit shitty that you do have to make yourself feel uncomfortable to gain that perspective that you can actually do it. Yeah, and you're not going to die. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's it's tricky, and I think obviously the easiest thing to do is just to stay in your comfort zone. But I'm a big believer that the more you push yourself to do things that you don't want to do, the more you kind of reap the rewards of life. And, and the more you be surprised yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, see, I don't, I don't think I, I definitely don't think I suffer from um, a anxiety as such. I think it is just the way I'm sort of wired, where yeah. I am just very... I wouldn't say I'm okay with my, my own company because that makes me sound a bit of a narcissist, but I'm just... I don't know what it is about social situations. They're just... I'm just not tuned in that way yeah. um, would you say you're maybe a bit socially awkward yeah 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 that, I'd say that's the perfect analogy of it and I think so I don't think I suffer from any symptoms but I definitely I'm my own worst enemy because I do this thing where I then go to an event and I'll feel really self-conscious mm-hmm. and then I worry that everyone's thinking I'm being weird and I kind of want to go off on my own or I'll be thinking of a way I can leave early. Yeah. And then I'll say if I do leave early, I'll be walking home worrying everyone's going to think I'm rude or I'm aloof or I don't care. Um, and it's not the case. It's just, yeah, I'm my own worst enemy with it. Yeah. And I was uh, saying to you like before we started recording, I'm terrible for doing this thing where I'll have a conversation with someone that I'll bump into I'll want to hear about them and I'll let them talk about them. And then when they turn it on to me and go, so what have you been up to? Because I'm ready to cut the conversation short. I just kind of go, oh, nothing really. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I'll see you later. It's terrible, yeah. but I do do it. And then, and then I walk away and I think, gosh, I hope they don't think I was rude. Well, that's the whole thing, isn't it? It's, it does make you so much more in tune with, was that person actually being rude or... M- did they just have a bad day are they yeah. suffering with social anxiety like there's all these layers of sort of social interactions that I guess we just don't that we, we almost like we take things for granted a bit and we're so quick to just label people and judge them I think and yeah. I think having suffered with different levels of anxiety and social anxiety and things like that it does make me the one good thing is it does make me more empathetic to people that are suffering as well in, when I'm in situations where people are like oh god she was a bit rude and I'm yeah. just like on guys like we don't know what kind of day she had and so you know true. like when people are so quick to say celebrities are rude or they're this or they're that after meeting yeah. them once I just think come on like that's you not don't a proper know what they're going through. yeah like someone could be going through like that's not a proper up. insight into that yeah. person they've had like a bad situation with their family and they're still having to show up at this event like you just don't know so I think you do have to give people the benefit of the doubt I think um 
but I think in general as a society we're becoming more open about things aren't we and more accepting hopefully um and it's as well I think it's not all about you so yeah. you're probably worrying about you and how you come across yeah. but then the person next to you is probably doing the same the about same them thing, yeah. and I know that you shouldn't think that way at all but you know it is some comfort to know that you're you're not in you're not the only one in this boat or you're not on your own with it you know how I mentioned being uncomfortable at sleepovers and that was kind of my first yeah. kind of I guess memory of feeling what what I didn't know at the time was anxiety do you have any situations that spring to mind where you felt particularly uncomfortable or is there any certain situations that make you feel extra sort of on edge or um well like you my mum actually put a ban on sleepovers when I was younger because yeah. I used to call her up at like 12 o'clock at night <laughs> saying come and get me and so I definitely empathize with that you're only um, missing the sleeping bit at that point though so who cares right yeah <laughs> just give me my own bed yeah. press trips again like you were saying mm. I always make me feel a bit a bit nervous, a bit We always edge. seem to come away exhausted. Yeah, we do. Like, actually exhausted. We're really great for going on press trips together, though, because I think we understand when the other yeah. one's limit is, so if we just yeah. want to sit in silence, that's fine, cool. Yeah. I think that's what's important. It is important to have that as well, because I think if you are a more awkward person socially, or you suffer with social anxiety, or you're a bit more of an introvert, just enjoys your own space, you get exhausted easily just yeah. just from speaking to a group of maybe six people for the weekend it's like it takes a lot for yeah. you to do that whereas other people it just comes so naturally to so I think it is important to just if you want to take yourself out of that situation that's fine I just think you do have to look after yourself recognise what your kind of limits are and yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with going home at 12 o'clock no <laughs> if that's what you want to do yeah, exactly. then it's your prerogative exactly. no one else's well that's that's where you should see it but I guess that's not the way it feels when you're doing it yeah any situation where I'm meeting new people as well mm. is always one which makes me feel not nervous but I, f- I start to feel yeah on edge because I guess fundamentally you're worrying about being liked that's what it comes down to would you say that was your main fear when it comes to social situations being liked or are there other things that you fear Can, I'd, I'd say being liked is definitely up there for me but again I keep I know I keep saying it but I am my own worst enemy and I think it's because I'm acutely aware that I'm quite socially awkward at times mm. And then I'm acutely aware that that could come across as being rude or like I am standoffish. Um, and I've def- I've had people say, uh, one of my best friends, Lisa, said it says it about me. Um, when she first met me, she just thought I was a complete bitch. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, she's a good enough friend that she could say that to me now. But it's yeah. not that. It's just that I am just a sort of keep myself to myself a bit. Yeah. And but then yeah, and the flip side of that, I worry about. Um, not being liked and I'm not much of a drinker as well so I worry that people think I'm boring or being a party pooper what's your biggest fear from a social situation I guess the same really that nobody I mean there are some people that don't care who likes them or not and I think that's great (laughs) but although I was watching a um, a talk with have you ever seen read or seen anything by Brianne Brown Brene Brown. Brene Brown, yes, because I just wanted to check we were talking about the same person. She was on Russell Brand's podcast recently. Ah, have you I, read her book? No, I'll but I really want to you. watch her um, talk on Netflix. It's amazing. Is it good? Yeah. Because um, I loved her on that. I thought she had such a, a wise, motherly energy about her. I don't know, I just thought she was really cool. I, I wrote about her, I referenced her in a blog post recently, actually, because in that podcast with Russell Brand, um, she said something like, when you avoid conflict with other people, you start a war within. Yeah. And I was just like, that stuck with me. I was just like, 
Thank you for that nugget of information. And and her main ethos is the power of vulnerability and kind of putting yourself out there. I can't remember what the point I was going to make. You said something and I was like, well, it's funny you mentioned that because she touched upon it. Fear of being liked. Um, Oh, that some people um, don't care who likes them or not. She was saying that, uh, thank you, (laughs) Um, that that's not true. That everyone is actually a biological thing within you that you, everyone cares what someone thinks. Yeah. Um, and she said you need to change that so that you understand that it's okay to not care what some people think, but you've got to have a nook of people that you do care. Yeah, well, I what think, it's, think it's healthy. That makes sense. It's not healthy yeah. to live an existence where you don't care what anyone thinks, is it really? Yeah, and she was kind of saying those people who say, I don't care, it's just an... It's, it's a, a front. Def- yeah, yeah, it's a, def- a defence mechanism. Well, I guess some people just sort of exude a layer of confidence that makes them appear that they don't care. Yeah. Which, I guess, to somebody like me, is quite appealing sometimes. And admirable. Yeah, because it'd be it'd be quite nice to just put on that front sometimes, I guess, when you are yeah. in certain situations. But because um, I just think I make it painfully obvious that I do. <laughs> so, but I don't know. Um, I guess, yeah, fear of being liked, fear of being judged, fear of maybe saying the wrong thing. Although, I don't think, I don't think that's something that's sort of in my personality. I'm not particularly sort of a controversial no, person No, I was going to say anything, that. Yeah. I think, yeah, you're, you're quite a fair person. You're quite mm. like a caring person. And I think that comes across with you conversationally as well. Hopefully. But then again, see, there you go. But then you've you thought of the fear of saying something that I shouldn't say because that's within you. That's not how you reflect to other people, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you ever have a conversation with someone and then you come away and you think, oh, God, I worded that stupidly. I should have said that. I don't yeah. know why I said that. And it's not like they're big offensive things. They're just little things that play on your mind. Yeah. And and, and it niggles at you. Yeah. And for some reason, you keep going back to it. Yeah. It's like if you... <laughs> When you make a joke and no one laughs about it. Yeah. I'm forever making references that nobody gets and I'm just like... Oh, God. Damn. And then you walk down the street and yeah. you remember and you do that thing where you go, oh, God. Yeah, why? <laughs> you know, you're in bed or, like, yeah. in the shower. Like, it like, just haunts you. Yeah, awful. Yeah. Um, have you ever actually had anyone make... A, I mean, I know I was saying about my friend Lisa, mm. God love her, um, but have you ever had anyone make a criticism which has actually made your social anxiety or social awkwardness or whatever it may be worse? I'm trying to, I was trying to think about this before and I don't think I have nothing that's sort of been significant enough to like it's stuck or made an impact on me I guess I don't know like maybe I never considered myself a shy person but as I've got older I've started to realize maybe I am a little bit shy I don't know and I never saw myself that way but I think since going on trips and meeting so many different people and I think there's a lot of people in this industry in particular that are very sort of confident extroverts um yeah. Um, quite loud personalities sometimes as well. I've realised that maybe maybe more reserved is the right word. I think I'm. My mum's always said that I'm like a watcher, like I'm an I'm an observer. Yeah. So I'll sort of quietly happy to take the back seat sometimes and just let other yeah. people kind of. Like I'm not in a hurry to be in the spotlight in any shape or form, which yeah. is, seems weird with the job I have. But even with things like having my photo taken, like that's very much still a chore for me and something that I don't. Enjoy most of the time. I mean, I'm lucky enough to work with um, Catherine, my photographer, who just puts me at ease straight away because she's like a best friend. But before that, I just never like it was just I hated doing it. Yeah, I get I completely get that. And uh, and uh, and do you know what I do get what you mean. I, don't, I wouldn't say you're a shy person because mm. I've introduced you to 
like some of my friends that you've never met before and you're not that guy to not say anything like you're a conversationist yeah, maybe it's more that I just feel shy but I'm not but then all your friends are very like you and they've got they've all got really good I've clicked with all of them weirdly like they've all got great senses of humor and stuff so and the conversation kind of flows but maybe it is I think reserved is probably a better word like there are situations where I'm in where other people are talking and I'm happy to just kind of listen and kind of say something as and when I feel like it's yeah like just yeah just sort of take a back seat Mm. and see where the situation or the conversation goes and chip in when you need to people do say that I'm like a calming influence I get that a lot that I'm calm which is bizarre to me because the inside of my head is like (laughs) 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 yeah like a mini like tornado yeah, I get that a lot. I don't know if it's just the way my voice sounds or... Yeah, you're very chilled. Yeah. It's just sound like I'm stoned, like, constantly. Yeah. But I don't know. I think a big one for me, and I think we were saying this before recording, is because I'm not a big drinker, there's this weird thing when you go on a social night out which involves drinking where other people who are drinking a lot feel like they need to sort of push it on you a bit. And I get why they do it, because they just want everyone in that bubble to be having a good time. But then you'll get it where it's like, oh, you'll kind of be referenced as being maybe boring. Do you think that's just an age thing, though? Because I used to drink a lot, and I've drunk a lot in my past. And I think you have as well, like, especially, like, you know, throughout uni and all those kind of nights and things. Like, I definitely loved to drink then. I've never been a big binge drinker. It just doesn't come naturally to me. doesn't come naturally, no. I mean, I I didn't really love the process of drinking. I loved being drunk, which is obviously where binge drinking comes yeah. into play but, but you are right like I've never been a binge drinker yeah. and I've always been a cheap date two drinks will get, just get me drunk oh, same, yeah. um, and now I think it's just reached a stage where I'm like actually do you know what I'm okay that I'm drinking's not for me and I'm not yeah. a binge drinker so I just don't really do it as much is like it every just now and that then. you don't like the sense of being like are you more inclined to drink around the people that you're close with but you just don't enjoy drinking around maybe events and things like that is it that you have a fear of sort of it just doesn't interest me as much like as is it the fear of being out of control a little bit it's the fear of the hangover yeah my my word my hangover is hideous three days at least oh at least at least and then I'm really unsociable um but yeah I yeah I know it's just not for me but then obviously then I feel really self-conscious because you know I've definitely got friends or acquaintances who'll be like come on stay out like have a drink like loosen up and it's like mm. and then that gets my back up loosen up is a tough one yeah to take, isn't it? it's like don't be that guy don't make me sound like some prissy aunt from yeah. like <laughs> i don't know um like an aunt like a tiny <laughs> no i'm just i'm picturing like a character in a rom-com you know like a rigid sort <gasps> like of an aunt. Aunt, distant aunt that comes from out of town <laughs> i and thought she, that was a saying and she wears like Gloves, I don't know. Yeah, like and I like she'd wear like a uh, like a nineties Laura Ashley yeah. like frilly I don't like know why I had Victoria. to characterise that but <laughs> that's why when you said aunt, I was like, is that a saying? Like you rigid, you rigid aunt you. You little aunt. <laughs> yeah. But no, you're right. I just think because all that does is make me tighten up more yeah. and make me want to leave more as well. Yeah. I guess it's it's coming from a place of they're having a good time and they want the friends to yeah. have a good time, but I think that's where you know, the negative feelings come into play because you can't feel like... You don't want to feel like in social situations like you're just appeasing other people. Like, you need to... Again, I think it comes back to knowing your limits, knowing your boundaries, and a bit of give and take, isn't it? Like, go see your friends, have a good time, but then don't feel bad when you kind of want to leave and the other people want to stay out because everybody's different, aren't they? So I think you have different groups of friends for different things as well, so... 
totally and I guess it comes back to that art of learning to just say no which I've done maybe a bit too comfortably yeah um, I was gonna say actually um how often do you push yourself to be in social situations that you'd rather not be in um around the times when it's worse than others like do you find that if you push yourself to go to events sometimes that you're really not looking forward to that you maybe enjoy them or I think we've all had those moments you know where you're sat on the sofa thinking really can't be bothered getting ready for for tonight whatever it may be and then you go and you're like really good night I had a really great time um but then flip side of that is I've also had nights where I've really been looking forward to it and I've ended up not enjoying it so um I do try and push myself sometimes (laughs) honestly I do um we sound like recluses. Oh don't my we? I just god! I know I sound so miserable. Mm. No, I, I like in I try and make an this, effort. This will just be us in like a shed somewhere in the outback, just yeah. us two living in a little shed with like. We stop well, making an I'm effort. Picturing watering cans, <laughs> and I don't know why watering cans and cats and all of those lonely cliches, <laughs> like with nail and eye kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. just like us locked up, just going insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we do. I do. Oh, I think I sound more miserable than you do. <laughs> I think you sound kind of cool from this. I think I just sound like an arsehole. Um, I do try and push myself. Yeah. Um, and I do think more often than not, you know, I'll get there and I'll have a really good time. Mm. Um, but I do know, I do think I have my limits where I'm like, yeah, I just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go now and that's it. It's weird, isn't it? Because some nights out, I really get into and I feel like I'm almost like, not leading the night out, but you know, there's a certain energy where you feel you're a party like gal. everyone's like, yeah, and you're all like feeding yeah. off each other's energy. And then I feel like there's some nights where I'm just not on that. It's a dud. I'm just not there. Like mentally, I just yeah. I don't know what it is. And it's one of those things where when I have a really good night out, I then crave another one. But when I have a really shit night out where I'm just like glad to be home again and take my makeup off, I just think, oh God, never, never again. again. Yeah. yeah. And that's where it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, I think a big one as well, and I know we've touched on this a few times already, is work events. I think they're the ones that I really push myself to do. Um, Definitely ones where, you know, there's like an overnight stay and you're thinking in your head like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this, I don't know what to expect. And then you do it and you're like, that wasn't so hard and it wasn't so bad, it was actually Mm. a really nice time. Yeah. And you meet so many lovely people as well through doing that and it really does, I, I definitely think like, it's a very supportive industry for the most yeah. part like the people you meet and to meet people that are like-minded and stuff is half the battle when you know you're going to go somewhere where there's going to be like-minded people I think that's a great tip if you are feeling sort of if you do suffer with social yeah. anxieties put yourself in situations where you kind of guaranteed to get something positive from it whether you enjoy it or not if that makes sense yeah no I would agree with that like you don't have to go to every event or no. night out and it be the best night yeah. ever with all you know like-minded favorite people yeah. but yeah just like make it what you want it to be yeah speak to who you want to speak to or just go for the canopies which yeah, <laughs> i mean every time <laughs> food is high on my priority of why, why i will go somewhere yeah. not gonna lie it's weirdly the thing i remember about most events like oh yeah they had this drink or this food and food is a highlight like greedy pig <laughs> yeah um so yeah i guess we should wrap things up we have waffled on for a long time now haven't we any um tips I feel like that sounds patronising I don't mean it to but anything that you would say to yourself or someone else who struggles with social situations I think we were both talking um 
before this and we both agreed that compliments was a big thing and yeah. it's such a small thing that you can do for somebody but it's such it makes such a difference it's a a really good icebreaker if you compliment someone you know I like your dress or I love this piece of writing you did last week something like that is always going to get you off to a good start with somebody and give you a bit of conversation obviously don't be fake no don't be fake but but, but yeah and then I think um also um texting somebody or messaging them after you've met up with them and saying oh it was great to see you or we should hang out again sometime or love that chat it was so nice yeah. to you know meet you finally stuff like that really kind of if, if you can sort of tell that maybe somebody felt a bit anxious it, it just gives them that reinforcement that they need and yeah, you, you're it, cool you're yeah, doing good and it doesn't cost you anything to do that and just be nice to people so you know as kind of patronizing as it sounds just yeah. kindness goes a long way doesn't it it does I think as well um there's nothing more lovely, you know, if you've met someone before, mm. when they come up to you and start a conversation and they remember, remember. something you've said last time. It's so lovely. Oh, it's like an aphrodisiac, isn't it? It's, it's like, like <laughs> you, you are my, yeah. Especially when it's We're something really specific, you're just like, God damn it. What a great person. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, just be kind, you've said this about kindness, but also be kind to yourself, like stop being so self-critical. Not, you're not... What are the odds that you'll walk into a room and that entire room are going to instantly hate you when you've not even done it? Or think you're weird. Yeah. Like, and I'm saying this, but I'm the well, worst on myself for this. wheel into the room in a sort of <laughs> panda onesie then. I <laughs> don't think anybody... And then I'd yeah. probably be like... <laughs> Woo! Oh, the entertainment's arrived. <laughs> what, what a great outfit she's got. <laughs> um, I think um, when I was doing a bit of... Um, research on this topic as well one of the things that came up was that often sometimes somebody who comes across as maybe a bit disinterested or rude is often maybe just suffering with anxiety Completely. or they've got something on their mind like we said before with celebrities and stuff I, I just think we do just have to be a bit more open minded about people and yeah. not judge people off the first time of meeting them as well because yeah. I wouldn't want anybody to, to judge me off the first time of meeting me um because you know like I say I can be a bit more reserved sometimes and there are there are times if I am feeling anxious where I'm not as chatty and maybe I don't ask enough questions and things but it doesn't mean that I don't want to oh you don't care no and you know the truth of the matter is that I've probably beaten myself up afterwards for not for not feeling like I was enough in that situation so I think just to to be open-minded kind and pay a compliment yeah because it doesn't cost anything just to to give someone a compliment does it and it, you never know like how much that's going to mean to someone as well yeah Aww, I love it when we end on a really like wholesome note wholesome note yeah um, so as always do let us know what you thought of this episode or any other episodes or if there's anything you'd like us to talk about and we'll check in with you again in a few weeks see you soon bye, bye.